The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good times. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends. This is the Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. Hello, friend. I'm Nicole. <laughs> I said it singular as if I'm just talking to you. Because... Which is great. Because <laughs> you are literally my only audience currently. <laughs> You've already addressed all of the imaginary people that we have. Uh, and I mean that because like when we do this, like we are only talking to each other. <laughs> exactly. My cats we are to, that We're pretending matter. that there's other people around. <laughs> oh man. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, uh, recording on a different day. This whole week's been off. It's been because a, quite a time. Monday was president's day. I currently have a contract with a company that it follows bankers, hours, days, whatever, holidays. Um, so I had President's Day off for like one of my jobs. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one of my coworkers on Tuesday posted a GIF in our like team chat saying happy monday and i wrote i responded happy tuesday (laughs) (laughs) and then you and i normally record on mondays yep it was already moved because you were out of town and then we moved it again so today's thursday so i basically every day multiple times a day i'm checking what day it is (laughs) (laughs) My routine, my schedule has been so thrown off this week. I know, me too. That I keep having to self-check. <laughs> yes. And it's only Thursday. That's the worst part. Like, I've only been back into the swing of things since yesterday. <laughs> and it genuinely feels like I've been doing it the whole week. It's, it's really awful. <laughs> uh, yeah. I hate that when... You know, I saw this meme that was like, um, it was an, it's an awful Friday because it's actually Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) It's Friday sucks. That's where I'm at with my week. It's like, oh, there's still another day, but wait, I lost a day, but then I gained a day, but they're all just the same day. Like that didn't really happen. (laughs) One of my... One of the phrases my boss used once upon a time that I feel like is just so super hilarious. It's like, oh, it's just been a week full of Mondays and it couldn't be more true. <laughs> Every day feels like I'm brand new. Like, oh, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that might have been a movie quote, like from The Office or something. I'm very terrible possible. at movie quotes, though. It's very possible. I don't. I know some, not all, obviously. Yeah, people say movie quotes to me and I, because I don't know them. I'm always just super confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Wait, is this a movie quote? Maybe at that point you just like, guess. Where are you doing a movie quote? Because I'm confused. Maybe I should. Anytime I'm I'm confused. Let's just insert it. Anytime I'm confused. Yeah. Wait, is this from a movie? (laughs) (laughs) 
And then you just look around like, huh? No, this isn't a movie. Is there a camera somewhere? I don't know why I don't recall like movie quotes that well because I have a head full of useless knowledge and pop trivia but for whatever reason that specific genre doesn't stick with me and it could possibly be because I when I watch tv or movies or whatever it's I use the word watch loosely like I'm usually doing other things (laughs) I also wonder if it's like you also pay attention to those other references because it's like the tea versus movie quotes are just pure entertainment and it's just mm. not your bag. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like the hot gas. <laughs> yeah, you are the hot gas queen. <laughs> <laughs> if you are um, ever curious about anything news-wise, just go to Nicole. She's got it. She's got every single happening. Just I think it gets <laughs> beamed into her head, honestly. <laughs> She just knows, like, oh, this is going down. (laughs) (laughs) Not with, like, really important stuff where, you know, you should know. No. Um, But I know, you know, Zendaya's been killing it on the red carpet lately. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Nicki Minaj is publicly losing her fucking marbles. (laughs) She's pulling a Kanye on us. Yeah. So... Actually, that leads into oh, good. <laughs> my whole of history today. Not Nicki Minaj, but the fact that I don't pay attention to important things. <laughs> like, I sh- like I do have a general sense of the goings on that are happening in the world, but I don't really watch the news. No, it's so too much. my going ons in the world are fed to me through algorithms. You know that I've now curated of course <laughs> across various platforms um but there's plenty of things i'm not seeing because it doesn't they're like she's not interested in this she just yeah. wants to watch videos about puppies you know cats so um my hoe of history today i decided to do because it's embarrassing that i don't know more about her or really i guess i don't even really know who she is and it's it is embarrassing <laughs> oh god well now i'm gonna like i'm gonna like it's proxy embarrassment here what's happening <laughs> do you know who shirley chisholm is oh that name sounds familiar i'm not good with names no don't forget that like okay. I, what is she, we'll figure it out i feel like i chisholm sounds familiar yes but it's when you look at it spelled out, it looks like Chisholm, like C H I S H O L M. Oh, okay. But it's pronounced Chisholm. Okay, sure. English language is fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dog is going nuts. Can't uh, hear. I think she lost a toy under the shelf. I'll be oh. one moment. <laughs> what did you lose under here, Emma? Oh, the new podcast pet. Oh no, she's freaking adorable. Because it's too squeaky. Oh, that's funny. She really wanted the sensitive squeaker. <laughs> she loves the sensitive squeaker. <laughs> it brings her joy. Yes, yes. Only it's... but only while you're recording. Yes. <laughs> doing something important. Yes, exactly. I bought her a new Nyla bone, and that's what I thought she was going for. No way. Squeaker. Hi, la, la, la. So great. Shirley Chisholm. Um when I was Googling 
who to do my story on, I did a very broad black women in history <laughs> because it is black history month. Well, that, and you just don't know what you don't know, right? Like you never know what's going to come up. Yeah. It's black history month. I'm like, I announced on the show last week, I would stick to a black woman to celebrate black history month. And so um, that's what led me to Shirley. And she is the first African-American woman to be elected to the U.S. Congress and earn the nickname Fighting Shirley. I did know about this. I almost did a story on her, but I didn't have enough time. And I wanted to give her like, you know, so that's great. I'm so excited you're doing this. Okay. Well, it gets even weird. It gets even weirder. My, My story, my story, because, you know, I always have some reason or some way that the person like comes to me and why I choose them. So mm-hmm. I did the Googling on Sunday night and I decided I'm going to do my story on her, left all the tabs open on my computer. <laughs> and yes, one does. then the next day on Monday, when we would like normally be recording is when I was doing my research and I wanted to listen to how her last name is pronounced because I knew that I probably was not going to pronounce it correctly if I did it phonetically the way it was spelled. And so I open up a new tab because I didn't have enough open and look for a YouTube video on how like to hear how her name is pronounced. Guess what pops up? A movie trailer that was released the same day about Shirley. Their movie is called Shirley. No way. Yes. So I'm Googling how to pronounce her last name or like trying to find a YouTube video about it. Three YouTube results come up. They are movie trailers. It's going to be on Netflix. It's a movie based on her life. And the trailer was released 10 hours prior to me looking it up. <laughs> Look at us be on the cusp of things. <laughs> this that TV show couldn't come sooner. <laughs> this stuff keeps happening to me. I'm telling you, like, my intuition lately has just been like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, wow, like wow. zoned in. <laughs> Good. So the movie is going to be released on Netflix on March 22nd. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So you're getting kind of a preview. Yeah. My story. Priming the pump. Um, but I'm actually really happy that there's gonna be a movie because <laughs> there's a lot of blank spots that I could not find in my amateur Googling <laughs> and was not willing to dig into like search result page 10, right? Right. So anyway, I I'll give you a little breakdown of like who's in the movie and then I'll move into her life. Because okay. Regina King. Oh, yes. Already. Immediately. Sign me up. She's playing Shirley. Oh, I got chill bumps. Yeah. And um, they, I think, are focusing more on her run for president. Good. Uh, it's directed by John Ridley. Oh, it's my starring... God. Even better. <laughs> yep. Is starring Andre Holland and Terrence <laughs> Howard. Hey. And um, I think the reason that it's focusing on the presidential campaign is because 
she obviously was the first woman and right. African-American woman to be in Congress and to go for the presidency. Right. To do right? all of the things. Trailblaze. Hello. Yep. So Shirley Anita St. Hill uh, was born to immigrant parents on November 30th, 1924 in Brooklyn, New York. So she was Guyanese and Bajan descent. Her parents are from Barbados. Her father was actually the Guyanese one. He His family moved to Barbados, but both parents moved from Barbados to New York, but they moved there separately and met in New York. They did of not course. meet in Barbados the community. and then moved together. Um, her father was a laborer in a factory and her mother was a skilled seamstress. And because her mother worked outside of the home, there were issues, complications with being able to watch the children, like, you know, how, how are you going to do all of the things? So actually the kids were sent back to Barbados. So okay. yeah, Shirley's five years old at the time and has two younger sisters. So there's three of them at this time and they couldn't arrange daycare or somebody to watch them. They, the kids couldn't go with them to their jobs. This is all in my mind, like the reasons of why this is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, her parents do end up having a fourth child, all girls. Uh, but for this snapshot of time, there's three of them. And they are sent to live with their mom's mom, so their maternal grandmother, um, who actually had a very positive influence on the girls. So Shirley said that Granny gave me strength, dignity, and love. I learned from an early age that I was somebody. I didn't need the Black Revolution to teach me that. Oh, I know. Good job, Granny. Maybe that's why they sent him back to Barbados, because it was a community of, you know, dark people. Maybe. Um, I didn't want the hate to be shared. Their children. I mean, that might have been part of it. The main theme that I found, though, is that because both parents worked. Yeah. I mean, racism, though. <laughs> It sucks. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. So Shirley attended a one-room schoolhouse in Barbados until she returned to the United States in 1934. So she returned when she was 10. So she, that means she was there for five years. Um, In 1970, she released an autobiography called Unbought and Unbossed. Oh, <laughs> we must read this one. I know. I that know that title. Like a title for you. <laughs> I know, right? Um so Shirley wrote in the book, years later I would know what an important gift my parents had given me by seeing to it that I had my early education in the strict traditional British style schools of Barbados. If I speak and write easily now, that early education is the main reason. Yeah, that's probably exactly why cuz they weren't letting black kids into schools. They had yeah. to remember. Yeah. Yeah. They had to do their own schooling and everything. Yeah. So in 1939, she started high school at girls high school in Brooklyn. And she excelled so much there that she was accepted and offered a scholarship. Well, actually offered multiple scholarships and accepted at multiple colleges um, to Vassar College, Oberlin College, 
but the family could not afford the room and board costs to go to either of those. So instead, she went to Brooklyn College. There was no charge for tuition, and she was able to live at home and could commute to school. Isn't that just so, it's so heartbreaking that she had the skill, the talent, the education, the smarts. She didn't have the financing, and nobody was willing to finance her from that school. You know, but she well, she had she got scholarships to go to the school, but she they couldn't finance her living. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you know I'm destitute, and you're gonna give me a free ride, I can't take this if you don't help me else. Otherwise, you know. Yeah, I know. It bums me out. Poor thing. So she earned her Bachelor of Arts from Brooklyn College in 1946. So she's 22. I mean, she was boom, 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 right on track. Yeah. She majored in sociology and minored in Spanish. Of course. She won prizes for her debating skills and graduated uh, cum laude. And during her time at Brooklyn College, she was a member of the Delta Sigma Theta sorority and the Harriet Tubman Society. All right. I like this. I love this for her. Yeah. So she met Conrad Chisholm in the late 1940s. He migrated from the United States from Jamaica in 1946 and later became a private investigator who specialized in negligence-based lawsuits. So I love moved, this. He moved to <laughs> the United States. In 1946, they were married by 1949. Oh, wow. So it wasn't like they knew each other when they were younger. Like they. Mm -mm. No. That is cool. Even cooler. Yeah. So they ended up having like a big West Indian style wedding. Um, However, even though they wanted to go a little bit more um, uh, traditional path with having children, she had suffered two miscarriages and they they never actually were able to have any children. Oh, I know. That bums me out. I know. She would have been a good mom. Um, I do not disagree. She would have been a great mom. So she really dug in um, into other pursuits. So she earned a master's degree from Columbia University in early childhood education. Oh. So okay. even though she couldn't have <laughs> children, she wanted to help children. Yeah. Um, and so she got her master's in 1951. Then from 1953 to 54, she was director of Friend in Need Nursery in Brooklyn. And then from 54 to 59, she was director of the Hamilton Madison Child Care Center in Lower Manhattan. Man, that's cool. I know. Well, and you hear some of those quotes I mentioned earlier about how important she knew education was and how like thankful she was for her grandmother's influence. And so she definitely wanted to be at least a mentor or give back or like influence children yeah. um, in a similar way. Can so blame her? at, um, at the child care center in Manhattan, uh, there were 130 children between the ages of three and seven and 24 oh. employees reported to her. Oh no. <laughs> So from 59 to 64, she was an educational consultant for Division of Daycare in New York City's Bureau of Child Welfare. There, she was in charge of supervising 10 daycare centers 
and was starting up new ones. That's incredible. So she became an authority on early education and child welfare issues. And this is important to remember for her political career. (laughs) So that's why I was like, just put a little pin there. Um, So also in parallel, as you're mentioning, there were not equal rights. I mean, still in a lot of cases today, there's not equal rights, but back then it was worse. (laughs) Right. Um, so she witnessed a lot of racial and gender inequality, and she joined local chapters of the League of Women Voters, the Nas- National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, which is the NAACP, the Urban League, and the Democratic Party Club in Brooklyn. So she joined all these groups because she wanted the same things to be offered to all children. And this actually ends up being her first step into politics. Hell yeah. So she joined Wesley, he's known as Mac Holder's effort to elect Lewis Flagg Jr. to the bench as the first black judge in Brooklyn. So seven years later after this, she's 36. She joined a new organization um, called the Unity Democratic Club. And it was led by um, a former flag campaign member, Thomas R. Jones. So she was trying to get flag to be the first black judge in Brooklyn. Later comes across like kind of like kindred spirit type people. Um, and her membership with this club was like mostly middle class, racially integrated um, it included women in leadership positions. So she ends up campaigning for Thomas Jones to get an assembly seat in 1960. He loses that, though. And then two years later, he actually ran again and won. Um, but so then when he wins, his old seat is empty. So she gets so she gets to run for it. <laughs> So she decides to run for his seat and won the Democratic primary in June 1964, despite resistance based on her being a woman. And being black, let's be honest. Yeah. My note says all of these male dummies. (laughs) (laughs) All of these male dummies didn't realize that she would appeal to women voters. So she won the seat with more than 18,000 votes over her Republican and Liberal Party candidates because women voted for her. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh. yes. I'm like in tears. I know. That's why I was like, these dummies. Um. (laughs) I'm so emotional. (laughs) Yeah. So now she's an official member of the New York State Assembly from 1965 to 68. After that, she's elected as the Democratic National Committee woman for New York State. Committee woman? Yes. That same year, she ran for U.S. House of Representatives. Um, I wrote in here, I'm thinking that Shirley was paying attention to the redistricting, redistricting, districting, <laughs> districting <laughs> that was going on because lines had been redrawn. Yeah. In Brooklyn yeah. to focus on parts of Brooklyn and make it like 
more heavily Democratic. So it was actually forecasted that Brooklyn would have its first black member of Congress because they were they were kind of fudging things a little bit by redistricting. <laughs> oh, my God. So it was a slam, not a positive. So because they moved the voting lines around and everything, Shirley's like, hey, there's going to be more black people in this district. Hey, I have a bigger chance of winning. Hey, I'm black. <laughs> yeah. So right. in, in 1968, Shirley defeated two other black opponents. She became the first black woman elected to Congress and the only woman in the first year class that year. So Shirley, go. She ends up having seven terms in the House of Representatives. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Not going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So early on in her congregational term, um, Shirley was first assigned to the House of Agriculture Committee. So, <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, so disrespectful on so many fucking levels. I know. I know because I just I know you're like they made it so obvious. Yeah. You know, so you're racist. <laughs> well, and sexist. Yeah. I mean, they're like a woman here. You can take care of the the farming, I guess. I don't know. I feel like that was all racism, not not because she's a woman like. Well, she was the only woman. Yeah. Like men in Congress. Farms. Yeah, so I, what I see it as, men run farms and she's black. So we're going to disrespect you by giving you something that's going to show you we're disrespecting you and you probably know nothing about. Uh, I mean, possibly. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, she she did her work to get onto more relevant committee assignments. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so she actually worked to expand the food stamp program. And helped create the special supplemental nutrition program for women, infants, and children, which we know is WIC. Good. That's incredible. That's Mine. why I said she she was very active in making sure children were taken care of. You know, I feel like if these women that we talk about who loved children so much and took care of them didn't do what they did, it, children would still be working in factories at like age nine. <laughs> I know, right? I know. And a lot of these women didn't have children of their own. Exactly. And they're the people's mother. Apparently, yeah. Because we, I don't, like, I can't, I don't know, and fair in all fairness, I haven't looked, but what man <laughs> spent his career trying to make women and children's lives better? Not very many, if any at all. Right. I know. I roll. As we sit here to continue to fight for our rights right yeah. so she was one of the founding members of the congressional black caucus and championed minority education and employment opportunities she also legalized abortions throughout her career <gasps> chill bumps again <laughs> i know right she's not a scorned woman she gets it yeah oh yeah wow. <laughs> so in congress she quickly becomes known as a strong liberal 
with opposed <laughs> weapons development and in in the war in Vietnam. And um, she also favored full employment proposals. So that's how she gets the name Fighting Shirley. Um, she introduced more than 50 pieces of legislation and championed racial and gender equality, the plight of the poor, and ending the Vietnam War. Good Lord. She was Can a co-founder get- of the National Women's Political Caucus in 1971. And in 1977, became the first black woman and second woman ever to serve on the powerful House Rules Committee. I know. Can we get another Shirley out here, please? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. It just doesn't quit. Can somebody Um, else raise another Shirley real quick here? Because we need her. We need her. I know. So uh, initially, Shirley only hired women for her office. As one does. Half of those women were black. Of course. And in later years, she did hire some men for her Washington office and but her they were... Brooklyn district. Um, but they were gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, she actually said that she faced way more discrimination during her New York legislative career because she was a woman than because she was black. I imagine that the race card didn't really work so much in the northern parts of the country. So, um, however, discrimination followed Shirley's quest for the 1972 Democratic Party presidential nomination. Hmm. So, I don't know how much of that previous stuff that we just talked about is going to be in the movie Shirley. I'm sure they're going to have to touch on a couple things. Some of it, you know, to get us up to this point. Um, but now that we're getting into the presidential nomination, this is where I'm saying, like, there were some major gaps. So I am really looking forward to the movie filling it in. Uh, hopefully um, it does. And they're not hiding something. <laughs> <laughs> so she became the first African-American to run for a major party's nomination for president. Woo-woo. And obviously also the first woman. Um, she was blocked from participating in televised primary debates. And after taking legal action, because she was purposefully blocked from the debates, she was permitted to just make one speech. From who decided that this was allowed? Like, who allowed that censorship? I don't, I'm not sure exactly how that came about. That's why I'm like, I'd really love to see, like, these puzzle pieces come together. Because I was like, what, did they just not let her in the building? Yeah, like how? What? What does that like, mean? I don't it's, know. Did CBS cut her off and just not air her shit, or they didn't let her in the building? Like, what happened? I don't know, man, man. I know. So, despite the fact that she didn't have a lot of public speaking opportunities, um, students, women, minorities, they all followed her, and it was called the Chisholm Trail. <laughs> Let's start that one back up, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> then this is you're going to ask a bunch of questions. I'm not going to have answers to. I am just going to be theoretical about it then. <laughs> she survived three assassination attempts. Oh, my God. And uh, multiple death threats during her campaign. I mean, I imagine there would be death threats, but physical assassination attempts are mind blowing to me. Yeah. And I... I didn't get any information on 
how, who, what, where, why. Oh, of course, why in would the, you? In the movie trailer, you see a glimpse of somebody with a knife coming at her. <laughs> so I'm thinking they must dive into it because my light research was not getting the job done. Um, there was nowhere that I could find what these assassin assassination attempts actually were or who they were done by. I wonder if they were inside jobs. My conspiracy theory hats on. That's fine. I don't know. There were assassination attempts on other people too during this time. Mm -hmm. Mind you, this is not that far off from when Kennedy died. Right. <laughs> so I I don't know. Maybe it was in the water. But um <laughs> <laughs> thankfully she was granted Secret Service protection to ensure her safety. That is just an asinine. Okay. So her opponent. Alabama Governor George Wallace, he was probably the most famous supporter of racial segregation in modern history. <laughs> Love that for him. He was shot five times on an, at a campaign stop yeah. in Maryland. Well, that, you know, things happen sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, she wasn't the only one, but maybe he deserved still, it. Um, yeah, based on how right wing he sounded um so he was left permanently paralyzed uh i guess the person who actually ended up winning the presidential candidacy was gerald ford this was in 1972 oh my also yeah. Mich michigan michigan <laughs> boy he's from grand rapids so um she entered 12 primaries and garnered 152 of the delegates' votes. So that's about 10% of the total. And um, did not have a well-financed campaign. It was very contentious. Um, there was obviously predominantly male congressional black caucus. Um, so she later said, when I ran for Congress and when I ran for president, I met more discrimination as a woman than for being black. Men are men. <laughs> men be men and out yep. there. <laughs> In particular, she expressed frustration about the, what we call, quote unquote, black matriarch thing, saying they think I am trying to take power from them. The black man must step forward but that doesn't mean that black women must step back. Right. Exactly. So she was extremely disappointed in the Congressional Black Caucus for not being more supportive. Um, so during this all this time, while she's running for president and having assassination attempts on her life, is when she wrote the book Unbought and Unbossed. <laughs> I know. I know these people. I just. <laughs> I that am... ended up being her presidential campaign slogan. <laughs> it, was. it was. Nobody was woke enough for that one yet. Absolutely <laughs> no. not. No. <laughs> oh. Which sucks because it's fucking genius. I know. She was way before her time. If somebody came out with that today. Game over. That would be uh, so. They would win just based on that campaign model alone. So after all this is done and presidential campaigns over and everything, then she writes another book Jesus. called The Good Fight. Oh. 
I don't know how she has time to write books while instituting quality in America. I'm not quite sure how she <laughs> that yeah, running for her life. Uh, so in 1977, now all that's behind her, she actually ends up getting a divorce, but that same year she got remarried to somebody else. So she quickly turned that around. Maybe she was talking to somebody. Yeah. I, yeah. So she remarried Arthur Hardwick Jr. Okay. Um, I actually found an archived New York times article from 1977 about her marriage to Arthur, where they called him a buffalo merchant because he owned a, they called it, liquorin store. <laughs> like, it's all one word. Liquor in store. It's, that's three words. Mashed together is one. <laughs> is it like the act of liquoring? Like... No, it's like it's it's a right, party right, but, store, a liquor store, like yeah. that, like that you literally have liquor in a store. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of like getting liquor in up. No, no, up. no. It's funny. Liquor in a store, basically, <laughs> but liquor in store oh, in man. Buffalo, New York. So other sources called him a prominent local business and civic leader. Wikipedia says he's a former New York State assemblyman. Which that is that's a political seat. Okay. Which Shirley had known when they both served on in the assembly and um that he's now a liquor store owner in Buffalo. So his character in the movie is played by Terrence Howard. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be a good time. <laughs> I mean, you can picture it, right? Like liquor store owner who's also in politics. Yeah, like, 100p. Yeah. Casting on this movie was good. Yes, it was. I can't wait. <laughs> you want to go see it together? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just have to go to each other's house because it's coming out on Netflix. Yeah, so we just fine. have to. <laughs> we'll pretend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get ready for movie night. Let's go to a hotel room and watch it. <laughs> um. So, unfortunately, in 1979, Arthur is badly injured in a car accident. And four years later, in 1983, at 59 years old, Shirley decides that she wants to focus more on the care of her husband and decided to retire from Congress. I mean, okay. She says, quote, I've been so obsessed with politics and the desire to help my people all these years. I've never had time to think about my personal life. Right. I think the accident was an instrument, God's way of making me reassess my life. Okay, Shirley. I could see that. I could feel you for it. She said she never intended to spend her whole life in politics and actually really looked forward to teaching again. So, no, she did not just quit and take care of her husband. No, she did not. She went and taught at Mount Holyoke College, an all-women's college in Massachusetts, and um, co-founded the National Political Congress of Black Women. (laughs) Just couldn't stay away from doing doing nothing. This is a common theme that we come across, too, where they're like, I'm done. Just kidding. (laughs) I was done until I decided I wasn't. (laughs) I'm done with that thing. Um, In 1991, she moved to Florida 
and later declined the nomination to become U.S. ambassador to Jamaica due to poor health. Oh. Um, yeah. She said that. Um, oh, sorry. I accidentally switched up some things in my story here and didn't You're mean good. to. Um, Arthur, her husband, I forgot to mention, he ended up passing away in 1986. And then she moved to Florida in 1991. So he w- he had been passed away for a few years before she decided to move. And in 1993 is when President Bill Clinton nominated her to be the United States ambassador to Jamaica. Um, she withdrew that nomination because of her poor health. Uh, she said, though, that she wanted to be remembered as a woman who dared to be a catalyst of change. So she was actually in that same year inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. So her health had been steadily declining and it was a result of suffering from a series of small strokes. So she passed away on January 1st, 2005 at the age of 80 in Ormond Beach, Florida. And then nearly 11 years later in November 2015, she was awarded the Distinguished Presidential Medal of Freedom. So all of my uh, sources today. <laughs> Let's take a little deep diving. Um, today.com, womenshistory.org, newyorktimes.com, uncrownedcommunitybuilders.com, which I was like, okay, I love that. Archives.gov, biography.com, Britannica.com, history.com, blackhistory.com, and mentalfloss.com, and our good friends at Wikipedia. (laughs) You only went to page five on the Google search, I see. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was like, I just, I just a pretty good reading on this and um i was like no one no one can tell me more about how she's banned from television and I how she it. almost had her life taken from her like i'm confused <laughs> me too i don't quite understand it like why are we not aware of what happened like i just now i want to google it i'm not going to google it though because i don't use google anymore <laughs> well and it's not annoying as fuck no it doesn't ask me to sign in every 10 seconds anymore i um i even tried googling like uh how was shirley chisholm almost assassinated how what, what were the assassination attempts on shirley chisholm <laughs> like, right Before I was like, okay, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel. I'm already on page five. (laughs) My normal book report is like maybe three or four pages. So. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you so much for doing the deep dive. Mm Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Shirley Chisholm. Shirley. I just can't believe that it was so in line with this movie. I mean, let's be honest. The universe provides. (laughs) It does. But also, like, it's time. It's time for us to be made aware of these people that we should have learned about when we were in fucking school. Like, I know. 
Well, and next month, March, when it comes out, is Women's History Month. Even better. So I think that that's how it was timed. I'm going to yeah, assume. I hope so. But like, these are the things we should have known in school. We were in the 90s when we were in school. Like, they mm-hmm. could have updated the, the script a little bit for us. Mm-hmm. She had not walked away from no. all of this that long. I mean, yeah, I know. It's heartbreaking. Well, thank you. Thank you for You're sharing welcome. Shirley's story. And I'm very much looking forward to watching the movie with you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Balling my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and <laughs> Regina King, I. Superior. Sorry. I mean, yeah, like her talent is She's amazing. Alpha. She is. But. Whatever they do to her face, like you can still tell it's Regina King, but she looks a lot like Shirley. Like they also did a good job with that, too, based on what I saw in the trailer. Okay, I'm interested because Shirley has a very distinct look. Well, yeah, she's she's from the islands. So she's Mm -hmm. got um, an island look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Ho. We love Mm -hmm. us some Shirley. I know. I was just like. What a freaking story. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, at a girl time? I do believe it is. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, at a girls are where we pat ourselves in the back for something good that we've done or something good that's happened to us. Uh, would you like to go first? Do you Look have a cat. Look at this cat. I, I see He's him. just draped over my arm. Sure. Um, I listened to my body on Tuesday and (laughs) instead of forcing myself to go through stuff, I told you I couldn't (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I appreciate you rescheduling for me because if you don't ask, you'll never know. And it was something I just like, I almost just said, I'll just fuck it. I'll just do it. And then I realized that like, I just didn't, I didn't feel good enough to do anything really, honestly. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to force myself because I just traveled. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because I, got enough rest and it was just my mg and i do feel better and i'm not sick thank the universe mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i'm proud of myself for that little moment of my time or of my life where i was just like i'm gonna not do this i'm not gonna force myself to do any of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah we made it work um oh, for me let's see my other girl is uh Let's see. It was my sister-in-law's baby shower. I mean, I guess technically my brother's too um, over the weekend. And I ordered these really cute vases and this, how do you say, pampas grass, pampas grass, like fake decorative feathery looking grasses. (laughs) Is it the grass that you like? Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's not the grass that you put in like an Easter basket. No, no, no. No, mm. it's fancy. You're bougie. I just so I went yeah. to a whole different level. No, 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 no. No, think of a meadow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're like plastic shit, right? You're like, nah, dog. No. <laughs> That's a no from me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, and plus, I mean, I had to put them in vases and I got these like really cute antique glass looking vases. Like my sister-in-law didn't want like super pink well she didn't really want pink at all even though they're having a girl so 
we went with like champagnes and pearls and like those colors. Um, and I had a friend of mine make this like elaborate diaper cake that was over the top. It had feathers, bows. I mean, it looked, it was, it was pretty wild. Pretty impressive. You talk about the the cake made of actual diapers, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because, like, some people might get confused if they don't know, but... Yeah, you roll up the diapers and put them... Stack them. Put them in circles and create, like, a base and then a second tier and a third tier. And it appears, like, it looks like a cake, uh, but it's really just a decorative item. But then they can use the diapers. Right. So... It's a way to church up diapers. <laughs> yeah. As a gift. I'll have to I'll have to send you the Yeah, I want to see it. it. I'd love um to see it. because it's uh yeah, it's really impressive. <laughs> it's it's uh something. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. In yeah. a good way. Um so yeah, I did I, I did more for it than I thought I was going to. <laughs> so happens, you know. Add a girl to me. <laughs> I also made sure that grandma got there. So uh, I think that's a bigger add a girl. Nice work. <laughs> yeah. You didn't just drop her off somewhere either. That's another nice work. Add a girl no, for you. On no, that. no. I'm grandma's <laughs> chauffeur. So. Oh, that's cute though. Made Hopefully sure that grandma fun... got there. Yep. Hopefully it was a fun car ride. Yeah, it was fine. Um, there's a million roundabouts. over by where the shower was held and i haven't been over that way in a really long time and it's confusing if you're not familiar with the area because if you turn down the wrong roundabout option you end up on the freeway (laughs) well frick yeah so um some of the exits off of the roundabout which because i don't know what else you call them merges off were on ramps to the freeway so i had to pay very close attention to what was happening and where i needed to go and grandma just kept going like man you couldn't drop me off here i don't know what's going on (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fine i was like i don't know where we are either i don't know what happened We're in this together, sis. You don't get to leave me. <laughs> she was like, well, I just, you know, you know, I, I never get out. I don't even know, like, where we're at. And I'm like, I don't know what this is either. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think I know? I'm like, I'm just following the lady talking to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. You Grandma and I have funny conversations. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> Well, add a girl. Thank you. Add, add a us. Right? <laughs> so if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. You can send us a hoe of history that you'd like to request to our email, homanspodcast at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. You can join our closed group on Facebook, the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone. And... You can get merch from my Etsy shop, NicoleBonneville.etsy.com. You, you, homance out. <laughs> <laughs>